0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Brewless Podcast, where indie games and craft beer unite. I'm your host, Jackie Biter. This evening, I'm joined by my very special co-host,
1: Sean Peters.
0: And if you've noticed a cunning likeness between the two of us, you'll know that Sean is my brother. Yes, we came from the same mom, and dad, and have known each other for a very, very long time. So tonight, we will be reviewing GoldenEye 007, the game's screen sheet, and also the 007 IPA from the Lost Borough Brewing Company based out of Rochester, New York. So, let's get started. Talk a little bit about Goldeneye. I'll let you do the honors, since it was your gaming console that we played it on.
1: Yeah, so, uh, the Nintendo 64 was my first very own gaming console. Um, I didn't... I got to play Super Nintendo and Nintendo, but I had to share them with my sisters. Goldeneye was my first, uh, and one of my only Nintendo 64 games, um... It's a very revolutionary game. It was the first major mass-market first-person shooter uh, with a heads-up display. Um, many games have copied and, with great success, mastered the first-person shooter genre uh, with the ability to use multiple weapons. Um,
0: it also seemed to employ a lot of the um, split-screen thing, because I yeah. remember when you and I used to play, be, there would be two screens, there would be, be like landscape orientation, where one would be on the top, one would be on the bottom. Right. So you could see from the vantage point, you could see what they were seeing, you could see what you were seeing, which is a little bit different than games nowadays where everybody's seeing their own thing and they don't see exactly what the other person's doing. Exactly.
1: So- it was one of the very first multiplayer um, games where you could play... Both players could play at the same time and, uh, yeah, basically play the game. Uh, I remember schooling my sisters a lot in the game due to the fact that they both got motion, motion sickness. True facts. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to do that. It was really good to, uh beat them at something considering
0: that we did not ever really let him touch the nes or the snes we told him for a long time that he was not yet old enough to play mario and he took that out on us by destroying us in goldeneye but neither here nor there uh so you know like and to keep in mind that our family we love james bond it's like the family franchise, all things being considered. My brother is named after Sean Connery, who was my mom's James Bond. So,
1: Let's put this in perspective. My parents <laughs> bought me James Bond scene for Christmas, and I beat everybody at the game within five minutes of starting the game. So that goes to show you how much I love James Bond and know about the James Bond franchise.
0: Exactly. So one of the things about Goldeneye aside from the fact that it was a first-person shooter, was it was A, based on the game of the same name, where Pierce Brosnan was the James Bond. Correct. The graphics themselves were not the best.
1: They weren't the best, but they were very good for the time period. The game was released in 1997 Mm -hmm. um, by Rareware, which is the same studio that developed Donkey Kong for the Super Nintendo. Um, And it's actually funny because they have... Something called the DK mode, which stands for Donkey Kong, where everybody had really tiny bodies and really big heads.
0: That was so much fun. Yeah,
1: it was a cheat mode.
0: That that that's another thing to get into was that Goldeneye had a cheat mode where you could get all of the weapons in the game. Yes, there was DK mode,
1: Um, paintball mode. Paintball mode, the bullet holes showed up as paintballs. Um, You could have lasers. You could have the Wristwatch laser and all the levels except for the train, um, and other than the the train m- model where it came standard, um, you could be really tall. You could be really short. Wait, you could just be really short. Um,
0: <laughs> if you were playing Odd Job yeah. or any other number of yeah. characters,
1: you could play Jaws in the multiplayer. You could play Odd Job in the multiplayer. Um,
0: it also had a narrative based. Single-player mode, did it not?
1: Correct. The campaign mode, as we would call it today with most first-person shooters, followed roughly the same narrative as the movie. Each mission started with a dossier from M, a dossier from Q Branch, basically outlining which gadgets you were given for the mission, and a briefing from Money Penny which was kind of sentimental and basically says so be careful out there James um and it started at the dam which was in the first scene in the movie and it would progress to the bunker which was a prominent scene in the movie um to the train the statues where Alec Trevelyan was revealed to be the bad guy in the game who was supposedly killed in the facility which was the second level of the game.
0: He was an MI6 agent, was he not? Yes,
1: he was an MI6 agent, um, played by Sean Bean. Also used his likeness. Um, Sean Bean gets killed in everything. Um, (laughs) Seems to be the nature of every character he plays. But anyway, back to the game. Um, It would basically loosely follow the plot of the game. There were two bonus missions. um, One in an Aztec temple where Hugo Drax, who was the villain in the Moonraker, film uh launched his moonraker satellites and space shuttles off and then there was a pyramids mission where the bad guy was baron samedi and you had to kill baron samedi about three times because he would keep coming back to life and shooting at you with various weapons and that was kind of frustrating when i first played it but yeah it was it's also one of the Only games that I can think of that was based on a movie where the game didn't suck.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, GoldenEye was actually a very, very, very successful video game.
1: Yeah, it's one of the best-selling first-person shooters of all time. Um, Probably the best-selling first-person shooter for the Nintendo 64. Uh, A lot of games for the Nintendo 64 copied the engine um, Rareware also developed a game called Perfect Dark, um, where you played as a, free- a female protagonist against some aliens and it used basically the same engine for the gameplay.
0: Which is also worth noting, a game I know that you have not personally played since you live out in the middle of nowhere and you have no high-speed internet here, um, it's a game called Screen Sheet, which, uh, I don't recall all the details of at the present moment, but it is a game that is very similar in style from the graphics, basically the gist of the game is that you play as somebody who is invisible. And the only way that you're able to determine where your uh, combatants are located is they have themed environments. They have a museum, various environments, and each level has a different color. So you have to contextually see this is where the object is, this is the color of the floor, I know where they are, and then you have to aim and hope that you hit them. I'm not very good at it, all things being considered. However, my friend Jesse is very good at it and kills me every single time, Um, but it does borrow quite a lot from the GoldenEye game. Um, The graphics are kind of crappy. It is available on PC, and it is a Steam game, so you can play it, I believe, on PC. You might be able to play it on Mac. Not 100%. I know you can play it on PC, and I think that's where I usually play it, but... It falls along the same lines. And it's a pretty cool game if you have nostalgia for the GoldenEye game and don't have an N64 or a means to play otherwise. Screensheet is a very, very, very compelling alternative. It does not have a single-player mode, however. So you will be... It will be necessary for you to play either local co-op or find a friend online to play.
1: Um... And along those lines, it's worth noting, they did release a few years ago a game called GoldenEye Reloaded. It stars Daniel Craig as James Bond, basically playing the same missions. The graphics are far superior, but the gameplay is just not the same. Um, It is a poor copy, in my opinion, for the game that was GoldenEye. Don't be fooled. That was released in 1997 uh if you can find it on a virtual console or a mod i highly recommend it it's such a fun game to play um if i could find my nintendo 64 i'd be playing it constantly today it's just so much fun i enjoyed playing it so much as a kid
0: it was it was a lot of fun even though as he mentioned before he totally schooled me in it i suck at first person shooters and this was no exception whatsoever The N64 was 99% of the reason why I didn't play a console game until I graduated from college. (laughs) That's how traumatizing the experience was. So, let's let's give our listeners, out of a scale of 1 to 10, what do you feel this game is?
1: Well, out of sheer scales of influence on every single first-person shooter, Fallout Well, that's kind of a first-person, third-person, but still. It's a hybrid. Fallout, Call of Duty, Battlefield. All of those first-person shooters trace their lineage back to Goldeneye. Also, the gameplay is so much fun. It's a great movie. I loved it. Pierce Brosnan, his best movie. I give the game a 9 out of 10. It's not perfect. The graphics are kind of boxy, but you know what? It's a really fun game to play.
0: I I would I would give it an eight out of ten, mostly because you beat me every single time. But I did think that the game itself was very revolutionary for its time. While the graphics weren't the best, the cheats were a ton of fun. Oh yeah! I loved playing with the golden gun. I loved paint, playing paintball mode. I loved playing as Odd Job. Yes. I loved that there were female characters that you could play, mm-hmm. because, of course, you know, the Bond universe, there are Bond girls, some of them becoming more strong female leads than they used to be. Right. Because um, around the time Goldeneye came out, it wasn't the Daniel Craig era, it was still very campy, Yes, it was. there were cheesy jokes being made, the... Bond girls were more of an accessory than a mean character device. Come on,
1: the bad Bond girl's name was Yenya Onatop. And I mean, I guess you can figure what that would mean. or Yeah.
0: The names were purely sexual innuendo. And that was, you know, par for the course at the time. But I I thought it was a great game. I enjoyed playing with you and we had cheat mode enabled. Yes. And I just felt that it was really... It was a great example of a video game based on a movie that was done well yes which is an exception rather than the rule unfortunately yes a lot of video games based on movies are terrible but this would also be one of the james bond movies slash games that i actually really remember so I think yeah. we saw this one in the theater if I'm not mistaken. I believe
1: we did see this one in the theater. This would be my first James Bond movie. The and James it... Bond films went on a hiatus for about 6 years and Pierce Brosnan was given the role in 1995 cuz that's when Goldeneye came out. And this out. was
0: his first this was his first James Bond film. Correct. Which was very good. Yes. Um so so yeah, it was it was a huge part of our childhood, I guess you could say.
1: Yes, a very large part Both of my childhood. Both the game
0: in the movie, and Pierce Brosnan is and always will be my James Bond, even though Sean Connery is a close second. I have not actually seen any of the movies with Daniel Craig, which should probably be remedied at some point. Yeah,
1: I, I'm kind of disappointed in her for that. I've seen every single James Bond movie, apart from the most current one, at least twice.
0: That's, that's fair. Yeah. So... I give it an 8 out of 10 just because I sucked at it. You give it a 9 out of 10 because it was revolutionary, but the graphics weren't on par. So let's talk about the beer. So this was actually gifted to Casey, who is not here because he's doing his own thing for Thanksgiving. Um, but he gifted me this 007 beer, which is made by the Lost and Brewing Company out of Rochester, New York. It is an IPA, and it is 7% alcohol by volume. So, it's kind of up there, but it's not not intimidatingly strong. Right. Um, Lost Borough Brewing Company, they've made this before. This is actually the variation of it that I believe was released in October. Okay. Which was when I received it. Um, It's very, very drinkable.
1: Yes, it is very drinkable for an IPA.
0: It's a little dark for an IPA yeah, as well.
1: It it kinda reminds me of it has a very dark amber color. Um It reminds me smell, of like an amber ale yes. or the smell is a little less citrusy. I it's almost It's almost got a, kind of hint a of piney sme- uh, piney and a hint of sweetness at the end of it. Yeah. Um the flavor is very good. It's not Overpoweringly bitter. I'm not sure what the bitter units are on this particular drink, but it tastes very good for an IPA. I'm very impressed.
0: Yeah. Extremely, extremely drinkable. And and like I've said in numerous podcasts, normally I'm not an IPA drinker. It's becoming more of an acquired taste for me, but this one is really very good. Um, even Casey likes this one, and I think he would back that up. But uh, it's just it's 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 interesting. It's a, it's It know. has
1: a very good, I guess you would say hop to malt ratio in it mm-hmm. because toward the end like the aftertaste is not bitter. It's it, it's kind of sweet. Um it's kind of hard to explain. You have to check this out if you have the chance.
0: It it, it kind of tastes like Christmas because it's got that pineness to it yes. that reminds me a little bit of the, like, sense of Christmas.
1: Yeah, it's very it's a very, I guess, wintry taste about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it tastes very good for an IPA, and I hate IPAs. I'm more of a brown ale guy, but this tastes very good.
0: It's excellent. There's not a ton of lacing on it. It's like we said it's actually pretty dark for an IPA. Uh nice amber color to it. And uh yeah, and it almost I just took a whiff of it. Kind of smells a little bit like cotton candy. <laughs> as weird as that is.
1: I wouldn't share that, but it does it does smell very good. It has a very yeah. sweet smell.
0: Absolutely. And obviously the reason why we we paired it with GoldenEye and Screensheet is because it's named 007. And even if you go to Lost Borough's website, their graphic for it is basically a 007 logo. It's got a Super Spy, silhouetted, with all the information about the beer. And I was actually really excited they were bringing it back. Because if you're not familiar with Lost Borough, they have certain beers that they have on rotation there are some that are like limited edition they're only going to be out for a specific season this was one that they actually brought back uh, because it was so popular there are apparently some places in town that also carry it or carried it and you might be able to still find it in the rochester area unfortunately we are currently outside of richmond virginia where you do not have a snowball's chance in hell of getting it unless your sister is super awesome and brings a growler home. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> um, so it's, it's a very, very good... The closest I could come to it if you are somebody who is not from the Rochester area. It's very similar to Ithaca's Flower Power, which if you will recall we paired with Super Mario Bros. 3. Similar to that beer. Which is a very, very, very drinkable IPA. It has a, I believe the alcohol content is slightly lower. But it's also very drinkable. Very easy to come by. And that one's by Ithaca Brewing Company. Also check out our Super Mario Bros. 3 if you want to learn more about that beer. Um, So let's get down to actually rating the beer. On a scale of 1 to 10, I would say it's an 8.5 out of 10. That being said, because I'm not a huge IPA fan in general, it is growing on me. This is not a beer, if I were at a party and had another option, I'd probably get. But I like it. Um, it's like a, you know, it's like one of those things I would drink again. And would also have in a flight, which I have at the brewery. What do you think?
1: Um, I'd have to give a similar rating. I'd probably give it about an 8 out of 10. I... Not a big fan of IPAs. If I were offered this beer, I would definitely drink it. It's it's very good for an IPA. Um, to compare it to IPAs I've had, um, it's very similar to some of the Ardent in Richmond mm-hmm. um, IPAs that I've had. Um, it's a lot less hoppy than, say, like a Bell's Two-Hearted Ale. Yeah. Or... Something like that anything Ma- from, from stone I anything would say. from stone a stone i p a is much happier than this um as a good baseline, but i I'm impressed by the drinkability of this. You could have one or two of these, and on a hot summer day, it would be very refreshing,
0: absolutely. I would concur on that, I think um
1: definitely the perfect beer for stalking the Siberian steps to recover lost intelligence or to figure out what happened <laughs> at a supposedly abandoned Soviet satellite facility.
0: It's also a good gateway IPA, I think, because it's not so there are some beers that are very hoppy. As of the time we're recording this, we're recording this actually on Thanksgiving evening on Thursday, November 26th. And um, Dogfish Head is apparently releasing one of the hoppiest beers that has ever been documented. And that's supposedly coming out on 12-2, which is, like, a week from now, approximately. Um, so, but this one is a very good beer if you are not, if you've never drank an IPA, you're not sure if you like IPAs, or you're in a group of people and you have the option of either this beer or something that you have no idea what it is, um, this one I would, I would say is a great one for you to drink, um. I would like to thank Casey, who brought this over to my house and provided it to us to review. Uh, I would also like to thank Rareware for making GoldenEye 007. And also, you know, my brother for being on the program. Um, If you do not recall, Sean wrote a piece a little while ago about Virginia Craft Beer Week. Or was it Craft Beer Month? Craft
1: Beer Month, yeah.
0: Whole month. Virginia dedicates an entire month, month to craft beer. The month of August. Month of August. Um, and there are so many great craft breweries in Virginia. There's also a lot of great craft brewery breweries in New York. So you should absolutely. But
1: seriously, just to put in a plug for a plug for Virginia beer tourism, Virginia has over 100 craft breweries. And they shouldn't just be celebrated during the month of August. They should be celebrated year-round.
0: If you are lucky enough to live anywhere near any of the breweries in Virginia, you need to get yourself down there immediately because they make some incredible beer. Strange Ways. Ardent is very good. Eiley Brewing Company is awesome. Um, Strange Ways. Hardywood, Star Hill.
1: Legend. Um, Smart Mouth. Devil's Backbone. Devil's Backbone. Um, Blue Mountain. So Star many. Hill. So many. in So many. <laughs> within... 70 miles of Richmond, you have so many different breweries, and cideries for that matter. Uh, Craft beer has definitely exploded in Virginia uh, within the past five years. um,
0: As it has in New York as as well. As it has in New York. And everywhere, pretty much.
1: (laughs) But it really speaks to the the desire for quality in beer. And uh, yeah, Virginia is definitely one of your stops for beer tourism.
0: So, if you're ever in the area, there are so many places for you to visit if you're interested in craft beer, something a bit different, something interesting, um, and, you know, in addition to the breweries themselves, there are so many bars that actually offer these options. Um, so, to, to to you know, borrow to the point, I went to a place called Rock Bottom. They are a chain brewery slash, I guess, gastropub, if you will, and... They also, they had the Ailee choosy mother, which is delicious, and may be featured in a future episode. We'll see how I feel. Yes. But, um, it's just, it's just another example of how widely craft beer is being accepted and brought into the mainstream, so it's really, really cool to be able to support a local brewery, and that's part of our mission. So, um... Kind of as final thoughts, you know, if you are lucky enough to have an N64 and happen to get your hands on a GoldenEye uh, cartridge, absolutely do so.
1: Absolutely. If you
0: don't, um, Screen Cheat, which is available on Steam uh, on PC, is also a viable option. It's a little bit harder. You do not have the option of cheats, but it's similar in theory, similar in, like, aesthetics and things like that. So it'd be a great option for you. Um... But as far as the IPA, you either have the option of going to Lost Borough and trying it there. Or you can try the Ithaca Brewing Company Flower Power. Uh, the Stone Delicious IPA is also very similar. Yeah. Which is uh, not terribly easy to come across because it was one of their special edition IPAs. The Stone IPAs, the standard one that they release all year round, is also very good. Yes, so that's it is very that's good. an option. Um, I'm slowly appreciating them, much to Jason's surprise. Jason's my husband. You may have seen or heard him on other versions of the podcast. But it's a, uh, it's a variety of beer that I'm becoming more accustomed to, so. That's interesting. (laughs) Um, so, I mean, any closing thoughts?
1: Um, Goldeneye is... The best game for N sixty four bar none. Um, this IPA is phenomenal. I really enjoy it. Uh, and if you need to do all you can to support uh, local breweries, in addition to indie games, um, I'm looking forward to possibly playing screenshot in the future. Screen sheet. Screen Sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, Screen sheet in the future. Um, but yeah, this beer is good. Um, GoldenEye was such a fun game to play as, as a kid. It was fun beating my sisters at something for once and yeah, it's all around.
0: Exactly. So you can find BrewList on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, at BrewList, If you're interested at all in listening to more episodes of the podcast, if you liked Sean being on the podcast, please rate and subscribe, rate and comment. Um, We are on iTunes and Stitcher. We are also uh, available at brewlist at gmail.com. If you have any beer recommendations, games we should check out, things of that nature, Uh, we would love to hear from you. And also. You know, if you want to follow Sean, he's at Seanfinity, with a Y, on Twitter. And he's also my brother, so I could probably get you in touch if you ever were interested. (laughs) (laughs) But, at any rate, if you are in the U.S., I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. If you are elsewhere, we hope you have a great holiday season. And until then, stay thirsty and play indie. Uh, uh,